0: Le 3 septembre 1973, à
1: 18h28 et 32 secondes, une mouche bleue de la famille des Californés, capable de produire 14 670 battements d'ailes à la minute, se posait rue Saint-Vincent à Montmartre.
2: Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait You Haven't Seen, and it's a podcast where we talk about movies, and specifically, uh, we talk about a movie that at least one person on the show has never seen before. This is episode number 49. Uh, The movie that we watched this week was Amelie from 2001, and joining me this week is Amy Frost. Hello. Hello. Uh, So, you have seen this movie before, but I had not. Yes, so a when, few
1: hundred times, <laughs> in fact.
2: Well, when we were when we were talking about uh, doing a movie, and and I said, well, you know, look, it doesn't have to be a movie you haven't seen before. It can be something you enjoy, and you immediately were like, um, okay, let's. I want to do this one, yeah. and I knew of this movie. I knew nothing about this movie other than it was French, yeah, and uh, it came out in two thousand one. That was the extent yeah. of my knowledge of this film prior to watching it yesterday
1: so it, it's funny it's so it is hands down like i if people ask me what my favorite book or my favorite band or my favorite anything else is i cannot answer that quest question ask me what my um and it it was like a weird connection with how i sort of found this
0: movie
1: mm-hmm. um because in 2001 i was an art student and uh i had i was in like a french it like, was in a uh an art class like a beginner art class and our teacher was very french her name was jean-marie and so she was talking we were talking about color and we had a project where we had to use two complementary colors that we could use and we had to paint a portrait and so um this movie and jean-pierre jeunet in general were presented as examples because this movie is predominantly done in red and green um mm-hmm of his other movies Delicatessen is similar and it is two colors and so that was like the thing and so I was like huh I mean in fact Amelia and this is the French equivalent of that name And I was like all right it's French I'm into that it's my name I'm into that let's let's get the let's get the DVD from Netflix which was a thing that we did back <laughs> in 2001 and uh, I immediately fell in love with, with this movie
2: well, now that I have seen it, I can completely understand why this was <laughs> this movie was adorable and it was so much fun. I I had no expectations going into it. I had no idea what I was getting into. Yep. I just loved it. It it I got a little um a little bit of Wes Anderson feel to it in terms right. of like the quirkiness. Uh, it was like yep. French Wes Anderson, but mm-hmm. not like not exactly. Now, I got done watching it and I do what I always do, which is head to the internet and start You know, doing some some more research on it and looking up IMDb and finding you know connections with stuff that I've seen before and whatnot. Uh, So Jean-Pierre Jeunet. First of all, apologies in advance for my butchering of every French name because it's gonna happen, (laughs) and I'm sorry. It's just one of those that I'm terrible at. But he directed Alien Resurrection. Mm -hmm. I had no clue. My brain like folded in on itself when I learned that.
1: (laughs) They're slightly different movies.
2: Just just a little. Um, now when I was watching the movie, so I recognized, um, one of the actors and his character name escapes me. He was the jealous boyfriend, um, yeah. with the tape recorder. Cause he was in alien resurrection. So I'm like, Oh, I remember him. He was the guy, he had a, um, like this mechanical wheelchair thing that he used in that movie. And I was like, I remember him yeah. from that. And then I get done watching him. Like, well, okay. Now I kind of understand why, um, you know, I would have recognized him and, and that was, that was crazy. But, <laughs> oh, this was just, it was so much fun. Like that. That's the best word I can use to describe this. It was fun and I had fun watching it. There were um several times I was like laugh out loud uh mm-hmm. moments for me and these just adorable moments and I just I had such a fun time with this movie. Um
1: like if it if it had been a Wes Anderson movie, like in the middle or like two thirds of the way in, like the cat would have died or mm-hmm. like something terrible would have happened. Right but because it's not a Wes Anderson movie, everything is okay and it can just be wonderful. Like everything can just be the best.
2: Yeah, I mean the closest it got to anything uh bad was and it's not even bad, it's the the prank she plays on the grocer. Um and they they were I mean, you know, they're not mean-spirited. Like she's trying to help out the other guy and at the yep. same time kind of take that dude down a notch. Um yep. And but they were they were like harmless things, like switching his toothpaste and his foot cream, which that (laughs) cracked me up. I I laughed so loud. Just
1: swapping his slippers out to be one size (laughs) smaller. (laughs) That's so. My favorite though. Dumping a bunch of salt in his poles. Yeah, but like when she's a little kid, a neighbor like tells her that she's been causing accidents by taking photos with her camera. Yes. And she's like, "Oh, well, I'm going to ruin his life because." Not only does she just like disconnect his antenna, like she sits up there with the radio and listens for when like tense parts of the soccer game happen and then unplugs it just to drive him mad.
2: So I I love to take notes while I'm watching movies, especially the first time I'm watching it for this show. And that was like, all I had was that revenge is amazing.
1: It's so good.
2: And and that it's was so after good. the first time she did it. And then they do it like three more times and he's just losing it more and more every single time. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: It was killing me. It was
2: such a good prank to pull on somebody.
1: <laughs> it's so good. She's brilliant. And I really, love that about
2: her. Really is. Uh and I want to talk about um Audrey uh Tauto. I don't Tuto. Tuto. Okay. Yep. See, like I said, not gonna pronounce it right.
0: I got you.
2: Um so the entire movie was another one of those where I'm trying to think of where I'd seen her before um, mm-hmm. and I saw her in uh, Da Vinci Code that was the movie right. that I recognized her from uh, and obviously seeing the posters and stuff for this because I remember this coming to DVD I think this was, would have been when I was working at Suncoast Video so we got okay. a bunch of copies of it in and it was you know that, that year around award season we would push award nominated films and all that and, yeah, um, she was delightful she was just a delight in this entire movie uh i mean adorable is the only word i can think of because it's just yeah. kind of how she was the whole time like right down to the shoes that she was wearing and mm-hmm. just the way she would go about things and like that kind of that introverted but hopelessly romantic and like setting up these elaborate things like the whole the whole deal where she she calls him. She gets him to go to that park. Calls him on one of yep. the payphones. Gets him to follow all the way up just to look back <laughs> down. It's like, hey, hi. I'm putting this in your hi, bike I'm and I'm leaving.
1: Your thing back in your bag.
2: <laughs> that was yeah. that was wonderful.
1: It's real good. And then, like one of my other favorite parts is like when she she leaves him the note to come to Le Dumoulin, and she's like, all right, well he's late. So there are two options. Either he didn't get the picture yes or he was trying to put it together and then bank robbers came and abducted him and then he they were escaping and they were being chased by the cops and then he caused an accident and it just like goes off, and then like where he winds up in like turkmenistan on yeah. a mountain <laughs> and like with amnesia and she refuses to get upset about a man content to eat borscht all his life in a house like a tea cozy yes And i feel that
2: and what's funny is like I can relate to that because my, I have a brain that does similar things, maybe mm-hmm. not quite to that extreme, but I definitely right. will have like the, well, it could be, it could have been this, or it's this crazy elaborate thing that has no, no basis to ever actually happen. Exactly. Um, and that's what I love. Cause she, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting story where she, she has this uh, heart thing when she's a kid, but it's not like a, an actual condition. It's the way they describe it in the movie is perfect like she wants affection from her dad so much and she doesn't get it except when he's doing like her yearly checkup or yeah. her quarterly checkup or whatever so it makes her heart pound so he thinks yeah, it's a problem because yeah. it's he the only time defect. yeah like yeah what a what an interesting way to to <laughs> kind of come about finding that and then that sort of just like spirals everything else that that's the the oh, yeah. catalyst for it but that's really interesting and i've been doing reading lately on um like the the physical touch of people interacting with other people. Yep. It's been really interesting to me because I find as I've gotten older, I've become more comfortable with the fact that, yes, that is something important to me. Like, right. you know, handshakes, hugs, high fives. Uh, when I get out and play basketball or like sports is, is a way for like physical contact with other people, but also, um, you know, more affectionate styles of contact with family members, with friends and, How, like, the American culture, it's very odd for platonic friends to have a lot of physical contact compared to other cultures and other countries. So that whole beginning part really kind of, like, I think was more interesting and more affecting to me with what I've been reading and, and researching recently than it would have been had I watched this in 2001 or even a few years ago. Right. Um so it kind of hit a little hit a little closer to the mark and it it made me it like got me immediately invested yeah more so and so i it, it was just kind of an interesting thing to take away from it um yeah i just i keep wanting to say how much I liked it I just liked this movie
1: so was... i love i love how i love how both time and people are described in this movie because like it it starts on the the day that she's conceived yes um and so it's like all right so there was a fly whose wings can beat 30 times a second and it landed on the street and then this guy you know this guy erased his friend's name from his address book after coming from his funeral and also uh this sperm found this egg and then bam am- amelie and then like people are people are described by the things that they like and the things that they hate but not like Oh, yeah. No, I, I really like, you know, I, I really like Chinese food and, you know, foreign films. It's like, like they don't even know.
0: Mm-hmm. That,
1: like, you probably know the ones you don't like, but you probably don't even know that those are the things that you like. You know, like it's like it's like introducing yourself by showing someone your favorite mug. It's Absolutely. Like- <laughs>
2: yeah. No, it's, it's these really interesting and they, they make them feel like more complete people. Right, because if if you introduce the characters, there, it's a very on the nose way of like here's some small things about this person to kind of fill in the blanks, and right. but it, but they because of the types of things they chose, it doesn't make it feel forced. It's just like this kind of quirkiness to it that I really right. enjoyed. I like that, um, and I liked how it wasn't. You know, they could have very easily done it with like one or two characters, and that's it. But they did it with the mother and the father. And then yep. her and like all the people that she would run into. And because yep. it's not a huge cast, but it doesn't need to be. It's no. this nice little tight story. And it's not even like a like a act one, two, three type of story, really. I mean, there is a little plot there where she, uh, you know, is going after Nino um, yep. and interested in him, which by the way was another one of the um, mind bending moments when I found out where I recognized him from.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that was Fifth Element.
1: Uh-huh
2: that was another one I'm like it's the dude from the hallways and I wouldn't have known it until I read that in like his bio or something or yep. saw it and I was like oh geez some yeah. you know but um yeah I really that was that was interesting uh and that was some of the stuff that made me think like Wes Anderson style like that felt right his style to have these like right. really quirky characters and here's how they're quirky like that was really neat um I liked uh all the stuff that dealt with um who the, the person that I dubbed uh, French Bill Maher, which was uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Glass across the street yep. from him or her. Or was it across the street or okay. was it the same building? No,
1: she's in. They're in the same apartment building, but they're like weird apartments. You know, like, mm. I mean, they're, they're it's old buildings in Paris, so they oh, sort yeah. of fold back on each other. Because she can see, they can see in each other's window, but yeah. they're part of the same okay. building.
2: But I, I liked all the stuff involving him just because he was a, a neat, kind of interesting, you know, sort of curmudgeon but like i don't know for somebody who basically had to spend their entire life indoors and in, like padded furniture to yeah. to have the insights that he did into people was kind of neat yeah and the fact that he would just do the same painting every year
1: yeah yeah so that painting uh is uh i have a skin on my my laptop that lunch of the boating party ah. because this movie <laughs> It's one of those things, right? So, like, you and I, we kind of know each other from the internet. But Mm -hmm. now, knowing that this is my all-time favorite movie, and now that you've seen it, I think you probably feel like you know me a little better now, don't you?
2: I do. It's
1: the same same sort of thing as the, you know, her dad hates when people look at him with disdain at his socks and sandals.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was another one of those. I'm like, oh, yeah, (laughs) mm -hmm, I get it. Uh, No, that was... I, I would agree with that. I definitely feel... And, and the way that you talked about this movie ahead of time, like you warned yep. me, be ready to do that. I'm going to dork out with it, you know, <laughs> and I'm prepared. Like you think that I'm not, but honestly, after yeah. watching it, like I totally get it. It's, <laughs> it's a movie that I'm pretty certain it's 2001. So I'd have been about 20, um, 20 yep. year old yep. me, Thank probably not going to appreciate this movie as much as I do now. I would have enjoyed 20- it.
1: 20 year old me was like perfectly poised to love this movie because, oh. you know, like people, people will joke about, you know, Oh, fairy tales have ruined romance for me. You know, like, Oh, they've just completely destroyed my expectation. No, no, no. It was this movie when I was 20 that <laughs> <laughs> set the bar exceedingly high.
2: Yeah, I can, I can definitely see yeah. how that would happen. Um, oh, yeah. No, it's just, I love, I love taking a step outside of what I would normally watch. Mm-hmm. And, and check out something different. I did that with, so the previous this previous month, we'd been doing a bunch of um, Oscar-nominated films. right? Um, and so I saw, like, Monster, which is not a movie that I would have gone out and, and sought out by myself,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but I'm really glad that I saw it. I'm glad that I never have to see it again because that movie was <laughs> rough. This is one yeah. where it's like, I'm really glad that I took the time to watch this and that you suggested it. Yep. And I'll probably watch it again uh, on a fairly regular rotation. I don't know how often, um, just because it's hard to say, but it's definitely something where I'm not going to shy away from it. I definitely would watch it again. It was just a fun movie. And then visually, on top of that, like oh, the yeah. visuals of it are just phenomenal. So The King's Speech was one we watched just a couple of weeks ago, and I was blown yeah. away by the visuals in that um, and how much I enjoyed the cinematography and some of the stuff that they had done in that. I had a lot of the same kinds of like visceral reaction feelings watching this with the way that he used color Mm -hmm. and the way that you would have scenes that were green, very green tinted. And then all this red and the way that that would play with like I I would get like reactions, like physiological Mm -hmm. reactions to some of the visuals in this, which is really cool. Yeah. It also makes me want to go out and find some more of his movies. I mean, the only other one I've seen is Alien Resurrection, which is n- yeah. in no way similar to this at all. But...
1: Yeah, I... Um, Delicatessen, I believe... I, I saw it streaming somewhere, and, like, I started watching it, but, like, it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, and it is this very, like, French sensibility, which is just different. And, like, I wasn't in the right mindset at the time to watch it, and so I'm sure I'll, like, go back eventually. But, like, yeah this one is just it was made for me like they didn't know but it did
2: well and and I will admit that I also had quite a few moments in this movie that made me think of uh Miriam Dufour
1: yeah
2: um so that was another thing like being <laughs> a fan as I am of that podcast and we'll talk about that later because um, I'm yeah. going to give you plenty of time to talk about that but uh <laughs> that was one of those things where as I'm watching like okay I it, it the to your point of like feeling like i know you better yep 100% because i know there's a part of you in that character
1: absolutely so
2: i totally get it plus when she yeah. got upset at the end what she do bakes
1: bakes exactly she's standing there like baking and crying and i was like i feel this so hard <laughs> i understand like oh i'm heartbroken so let me just bake something real quick it's good to be a honest coping I th- mechanism.
2: yeah to be honest i thought there might be more of that like i was surprised I, I i don't know why but for some reason i had this idea in my head my only expectation was that there was going to be more centered around food with it
1: no not so but, much other than the fact that she's you know at the cafe
2: yeah which that was a those characters in that cafe were awesome they were just yes. so like i don't know it they border, I mean, they border on being parody, and they border on being almost too much, but they never cross that line. They never went over the line of being right. like obnoxious.
1: As you know, someone that has worked in retail for the past fifteen years, mm. uh, yeah, no, the regulars, like, yeah, that's pretty on point. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> like... is. Oh yeah,
2: I've done my time in retail. I I know how that yep. can
1: be. Yep.
2: But even like, yeah. and and your point when you talked about like kind of a french sensibility it definitely is a different mindset and yes. when you watch a film so one of the things that i think a movie like this doesn't play as well to a lot of people is the fact that it is a, a different culture uh, altogether like just a different kind of mindset day to day and then the language barrier and i know quite a few people that basically will refuse to watch a movie that's subtitled right because they don't want to sit and read the whole time well First of all, that's silly. I'm sorry. Yes. Like, I just, I'm, I will never, <laughs> never agree with that mentality. You know, I, yeah, I prefer. Yeah, I mean,
1: I get it. Like, if I'm putting on something to be in the background while I do something else, like, yeah, okay, I don't want subtitles because I'm not going to be paying that much, you know, right. that much attention to it. But, like, yeah, no, I'm down for I'm down for subtitles 100% of the time.
2: Yeah. You, you tend to get better translations, too, with subtitles and with dubbing i've noticed so this my um
1: my french is marginally good enough that i can pick out some of the rather (laughs) like they're not important differences but there are differences like when she's talking about how it's like she hates in old movies when um when the drivers don't watch the road yeah no she says she hates in old american movies Mm. when the driver doesn't watch the road a couple of Uh, make it into the subtitles yeah it's pretty good
2: that happens quite a bit like i i watch a fair amount of anime and you notice a difference in um both the subtitle translations the dubbing translations and then you talk to somebody who can speak the language and like yeah they still kind of miss this bit a little bit yeah but but i don't have a problem with subtitles in movies like i i remember seeing uh spirited away when it was playing in theaters Uh um and loving that and not wanting the the first time I saw, because um, I love Miyazaki films, and the first time I saw right. Princess Mononoke, it was a dubbed version, I think off of a, a VHS or something. Yeah. But I went back and sought it out in Japanese with subtitles. Um, the Host by Bong Joon Ho, which mm-hmm. was one of his older movies that I've only ever seen. Um, I've never, I don't think there is a dubbed version. But you know, I, I really want to see Parasite. Like I don't have a problem with that. So, I, but I understand a lot of people that do, and they don't. They don't enjoy it. My parents are like that. They don't like seeing a movie that's subtitled. Um sure. it it takes them out of it. But mm-hmm. this wouldn't work if it wasn't in French. No, if you weren't hearing the voices in French. And I've seen, um, what was the movie I watched? It was a French film dubbed. Oh, uh, have you ever seen Wasabi? No. So it was written by Luc Besson, and it stars Jean Reno. Um, and it's a. Uh, it takes place in both France and Japan, mm-hmm. but I remember seeing it in uh, with an English dub, and I liked the movie. But I think I would have liked it better had I not watched it dubbed, right? Because it just like there's a disconnect. Although then I look at it the other way, and like I love poorly dubbed old Kung Fu films. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, but it's di- like. But I guess the whole other yeah. like subgenre because you would appreciate the movie differently seeing the subtitled version like a bad dub is the whole other
2: thing (laughs) that's a really good point that is and i think some of it too is because those movies like you know the people like in a dubbed version you're not hearing jackie chan or jet lee or anything like that but in in a lot of these uh like a french dubbed film i feel like they try to get somebody that sounds reasonably like who you're hearing and so I get kind of almost like an audio uncanny valley of like, I know it's not the right person, but it right. sort of sounds like somebody who is French. And I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> but it's, French is another one is one of those languages, too. That's just it's so much fun to listen to.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's a beautiful language to, it you know, in is. your ears. And so I really like that.
1: Yeah, I have been an unabashed francophile pretty much <laughs> since like I was a kid and saw Beauty and the Beast. I'm pretty sure that's like about where it started, <laughs> and it has only gotten worse from there. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm 100 down to uh, down for French. Um, they tried to make this into a musical, but they uh, they did a few things that were somewhat questionable. I mean, because first of all, it's 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 not oh which. I mean like she just is amelie Mm -hmm. and then such a character piece like choosing other people is weird um and they didn't use any of the same even genre of music oh see now like so like it's very different
2: yeah that that just wouldn't work like first of all you gotta you gotta have audrey she's she is amelie i can't Obviously, I've only seen it the one time, but I can't picture anybody else playing that character. It's it's like, I don't know, you you see that every once in a while. Just an actor plays a character, and it's perfect yeah. for them.
1: I mean, it is it is character-driven. Like, if it's mm-hmm. not her, the story doesn't work. And so, like, when you try to put somebody else in that role, I don't know that it plays as well.
2: Well, no, it doesn't because she embodies like you've now seen her as that role. She yep. is now Amelie, and it's it's all the her little quirks and like mm-hmm. the fourth wall breaks, which I loved. Those were great. Yes. Just just a quick little moment. She'd look at the camera and you know, like a little grin, and off she goes. Like yep. those were all great. And the music, it, I can see this being a musical, but don't change the style of music. That music was yeah. perfect. It they were fits. like,
1: yeah, we're gonna um, like because you know the second that they said that that I forget who it was that wound up doing it in a production. It didn't last very long. Um, but, you know, the second that it was announced that it was a thing, like everyone that I know sent me like the link to the article saying like, oh yeah, I know they're going to do an Amelie musical. You know, I come from a musical theater background. So I was like, okay, all right, I'm in. And then they're like, so I'm like, all right, I know it's not going to be the same cast. So, okay. And then they're like, yeah, so we're, we really want to get away from like the accordion and I'm no. like, that's a questionable choice. That's a big mood change.
2: Yeah, that I don't, I don't see that working at all. Now, yeah. I did read some trivia, and again, IMDb trivia. I always say take it with a grain of salt. But
0: uh-huh.
2: um, originally, they wanted uh, he wanted Michael Nyman to score the film, and yes. um, which was a name. I'm like, I know that name. Why do I know it? He's done a few movies that I enjoyed. Um, he he and Damon Albarn uh, co-wrote the uh, score. In the soundtrack for the movie *Ravenous*, mm-hmm. um, which I love the music in, so uh, I could have seen him doing that. But I did like is uh, it Jan Tierson? Yeah, looks like um, composed this, and it was just amazing. I mean, I was playing the music leading up to uh, recording the show tonight, and it's just so good. It it one hundred percent feels like what this movie's music should be.
1: So the the story I've heard um, was that. Jean-Pierre Genet was headed set so, like he was on a, a trip with his assistant and his assistant put on an album in the car that you know he had never heard like assistant was in charge of playing music and mm-hmm. it was Jan Tiersen and basically Jean-Pierre Genet just like immediately purchased the entire catalog and <laughs> commissioned a few specific pieces for the movie and and that was that
2: hey that works it yeah it definitely like you could have told me Nothing about this movie other than, okay, here's the music and like show me a couple of still frames for it and I'm gonna get the feel of what I'm I'm getting into. Yeah. Um yeah. That was great. I did okay, so I'm looking at the poster right now though, and that's mm-hmm. maybe one thing that I just don't get is why why in the poster for this movie is she pale, pale white? It I don't know. Um, Something don't about that. Know. feels I weird. think it's
1: yeah, I think it's part of the like part of that sort of color play that was what led us to have like what led me to find this movie in the first place um guess. yeah it's a weird choice but
2: because it does make the red and the green pop on the poster but but i don't know it doesn't like it doesn't feel like it's the poster for this type of movie and there were a couple of you know interesting little uh visual effect kind of fantasy elements like the uh the lamp turning itself off and the paintings that would come to life and talk to them and all that like yep. those were great. I love that scene with uh Nino when his uh the picture of the the four yep. photo and it's talking to him. That was great. Yeah. Uh
1: I love a photo booths. Like mm-hmm. all of that. So like because of this movie, every time I like have a chance to be in like a good one. Like not one of those like dumb ones at the mall that put like a frame around your picture, but like a real photo booth. Mm-hmm. Like I'm there. Um my sister lives in San Francisco. And we went to visit and down by, what is it? Pier 34 there that where all the stuff is like Mm -hmm. down near there, there's the museum, which is like all these old, like arcade machines, but not like video game arcade, like the Nickelodeon's with things like the saucy flapper, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you put a nickel in and you actually put a nickel in and you get to watch the saucy flapper. Um, And so they have a good uh, photo booth there. But in addition, one of the things that they sell is a book and it looks almost like paint swatches because it is the long thin like they're, it's just the strips put together with a um, like with a, a brad and it's a book of prints of all of the photo strips that people have left behind. Oh wow. So I saw this in their little like gift shop vending machine and I was like there's no way I can leave this building <laughs> without this in my hand. So yeah I have I have the Musée Mécanique uh lost photos. Oh that's really cool. That's so good.
2: Um so another bit of trivia I thought was interesting was that this character of Amelie was specifically written for Emily Watson. Yeah. Um
1: weird huh? I she mean, was supposed to be like from England living in, in Paris and
2: Yeah, I mean I can I can get story. it, but it's gonna be very yeah it's gonna be very different at that point. Yeah. And while it still probably could have been good, there's just something to to audrey's uh performance
1: yeah, it just it would have been an entirely different movie
2: mm-hmm. really would have yeah. um the gnome stuff cracked me up too so i love that that's is... i love that it's based off of like stuff that actually happened
0: first yeah. of all um, yeah
1: so when when a couple of years after this when travelocity started their roman gnome campaign i was yeah. like wait a minute <laughs>
2: See, so you knew, you had some idea of that going into it. I didn't. Yep. I just, I yeah. knew, I remember the roaming gnome, and then I remember reading about like, oh yeah, that that ad campaign was inspired by some actual like garden gnomes yep. getting stolen or something, but not having seen. Now, I will say I was confused at first when, when he first shows her the pictures of it in, um, I can't remember where it was, England, I think. Yeah, I um, think so. And I was like, wait, I remember her taking the gnome, but she never gave it to anybody like, where did, the, how did the gnome end up somewhere else? And it yeah. wasn't until later they paid that off when it's her friend that's, like, the flight attendant.
1: The flight attendant, yeah, because she watches her cat. Yeah. Rodrique which is a great name for a cat. It
2: really is. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, now I get how the gnome is traveling around. And what a great thing to, like, I, so, I love the idea of trying to spread positivity and mm-hmm. and just make, like, help elevate other people's lives. And which is what Amelie is trying to do. She finds that whole thing where she finds the little box of stuff from the the kid hidden the wall and like setting out to find that person with the, the idea of like, if he likes it, then I'll keep doing this. And he did. And it it had that effect on him. So she's like, I'm going to keep doing this stuff. I love that. First of all, I think that's another thing that really made me connect and enjoy this movie is like, she is coming to it with nothing other than i just want to make other people happy i just want right. to like she's being kind and there's a there's a difference between being kind and being nice yes and being nice is helping someone out to, for personal gain kind of thing whereas being kind is just helping them out to help them out and i yes. love that and spreading kindness is a big thing for me
1: so the fact I, that i go ahead go okay. ahead i do like when um when when the glass man you points out that like so she you know she talks about how she's you know talks about so they talk about it in veiled terms based off of the girl with the glass of water in the painting Mm -hmm. it's like no you know she's just fixing other people's messy lives and he's like yeah so how about her messy life Uh, yeah she's like don't worry about it don't don't worry about it It's fine yeah i feel that a lot
2: so I, I just love I love that idea of being kind and then the way she would go about it and like yeah. she wasn't doing it for any sort of recognition either. She just wanted to like she's like, Oh wait, a couple of regulars, well let's get them together. And yep. and that worked flawlessly, um, at least at first. <laughs> Which that was another one of those uh, really fun and uh funny scenes is when the two of them finally get together.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: And then yeah.
2: she's gotta like turn the steamer on to, the steam to mask. On. <laughs> which it's not masking anything at that point, but
1: No, not at all. This there was time. a few
2: there was a few moments in this that I wasn't prepared for um yeah. at all. Like
1: the very beginning. Well
2: yeah. I <laughs> I had in fact I think one of my notes was like I wasn't prepared for a scene of birth. Like nope. it just that and it was quick. It came out of nowhere and it was just like, yeah, "Hey, check this out!" I always,
1: like I always forget it's there too. <laughs> like every I've seen it so many times, and I'm always like, "Oh yeah, right." Um, and the part where she's sitting on the roof wondering, like, "Oh yeah, that one too." <laughs> when she does things about the town, and she's like, "I wonder how many couples are having an orgasm right now?" Yep, and then they show you all fifteen. <laughs> that's all fifteen.
2: That's right there. Like the the difference between this being a French film and like say an yes. American film is yeah that you know you can you they'll they will do that in a french film and it not like it doesn't feel again it doesn't feel forced or like creepy in any way really
1: right i like when after she finds the photo book right and it's got nino's it's got the phone number in it and so she calls it and it's the sex shop Mm -hmm. and he's like and so i think it's the glass man who asks her like oh you know how'd it go how'd it go with the guy and she's like yeah they were we're into different stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's cool and you know i
2: towards the end of it when when um the who's the other waitress um at the cafe gina um when she is like okay nino let's let's leave you know and of course jealous boyfriend guy is uh planting that seed of like see she's doing that again part of me was like no 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 amelie shouldn't be reacting this way to that like she should know better than to, to listen to that dude but at the same time like I get it because she's not gonna be able to look at that situation objectively right so I had like a quick moment of no 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 this doesn't make any sense this doesn't work in the context of the movie followed by wait a minute yes it does actually work perfectly
0: <laughs> yeah
2: shut up brain watch the movie
0: so um
2: <laughs> that was kind of nice um but again like everything just kind of came together really really well now I did one other bit of trivia that I read, and this is one of those it says here, with exception of brief exchanges on the phone and in person, uh Amelie and Nino do not exchange a single line of dialogue during the course of the entire film. But it's already like it's true. They don't have a yeah, ton they don't they have don't. dialogue together, but you, you've contradicted yourself with your trivia because he does speak to her. Yes. Granted it's through the glass. But yep. yeah, I did find that interesting. They never exchange other than on the nope. phone. And even then it's like on the phone she's talking to him.
1: No com- Yeah, exactly. And then she hangs-
2: Yeah, and then in the cafe he was talking to her and she never reciprocates. And nope. that's it. And it's really it's interesting to think of like an entire movie where your two leads barely share the screen together, let alone and then barely speak to each other. Yep. Um yeah. Man, I just... I'm gushing about this movie because it was that good. Like, you were not wrong. You were 100% I'm right.
0: I'm so glad. <laughs> and oh,
2: it was just fun. Fun is the word I'm going to keep using for it because that's what it was. I just had a blast watching this. I always can tell, usually, if I'm enjoying a movie by how much I'm talking to myself about the movie during it. hmm
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, And I was definitely doing that a few times here. Um, yeah. And then laughing out loud. Like, the, the moment... I'm a sucker for the uh something happens and then you cut away to like an ultra wide shot of the entire city and somebody yelling or laughing or whatever yep. it is. So yep. that that is perfectly set up for me. And that moment with the toothpaste and the and that was yep. awesome. Um <laughs> but it was just there, there were there were a few of those like laugh out loud moments or that moment where he makes it all the way up to the the living statue that's pointing and then realizes yep oh, I've got to go up and check that thing out. And this, as soon as he sees her, I'm like, oh, God, this is awesome.
0: And, like, <laughs> I
2: know exactly what's going to happen now. He's just going to just haul ass down trying to get to her, <laughs> which isn't going to work at all, and I loved it. Um, yep. Again, though, I'm kind of – I'm a sucker for some of that kind of quirky romantic stuff when it's not yeah, overdone and, like, it doesn't feel forced. And this – didn't feel forced because the whole movie is that same kind of personality right It's that whole thing like she's super quirky and he's super quirky but but it's just who they are so it yeah. doesn't it doesn't ever feel like it doesn't belong in the world that right. this movie's creating
1: right and it's fun that it's every now and then is grounded in like hard reality mm-hmm. right, so like the night that Lady die died in the car accident. Like that's a set point in time in an otherwise sort of like timeless and surreal kind of thing. Yeah. But there's like this one concrete moment of okay, that's a thing. Um also the woman uh jumping off of Notre Dame. Yeah. Also real. Yes. Um like so there are these like realities within it that you're like no no no, this is this is real in the thing. This is just weird people. It's cool. Yeah.
2: Well, and and with the use of color and the way that uh, way that everything was kind of framed and all of that, plus um, the fact that you're in Paris, but if you notice, and and I didn't really pay attention to this until again reading some trivia, how they would uh, go out of their way to clean up the street in the area that they were shooting on location yeah. and clean graffiti and all that, it gives it this kind of uh, hyper realistic um, visual that then you ground it in something that con- is concrete and actually happened with you know, right. the woman jumping off of Notre Dame and whatnot. So that just makes it feel that much, it makes it feel more real. Yep. While at the same time you get the juxtaposition of the surreal nature of the the imagery that they're showing you with mm-hmm. how it's framed and how it's colored and how it's graded and all that. And for me that is like next level type filmmaking. Yeah. Um. And I love that. I love stuff like that.
1: Yeah, there's not a single detail in this movie that is not thought through.
2: Right, exactly. And it, stuff like that makes me think of uh, directors like Kubrick and Wes mm-hmm. Anderson and whatnot, where it, they right. think about everything. Yeah. And there there are no mistakes. It's all conscious choices. Whatever you're seeing is a choice they made that they wanted you to yep. see whether you think about it or not whether it's front of your mind or not and that is somebody that is that's an artist really at the top of their game
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely i love this movie makes me so happy (laughs) it's it's like my number one most used gifts. it's i quote it all of the time i yeah we don't and
2: and i get where it's hard to like say A lot of things. It's hard for me to say. I have a favorite, like a favorite band, a favorite TV show, a favorite book. People have asked me, "What's your favorite movie?" And like, I can't say a favorite movie because for me, it depends on my mood, right? What it's going to be. I have some movies that I think are some of the best movies I've ever seen. Some of them that are complete schlock that I just love. Like I Mm -hmm. will defend to my dying breath the movie Running Scared, which we covered on this show a a while (laughs) back, and I'm actually going to be talking about again soon. Uh, on another show but Excellent. it's it's a cheesy 80s buddy cop movie but damn it it's one of my favorite movies ever
0: <laughs>
2: I don't care and yeah. so but I, I can't say that I have one but I love the fact that you can you can definitively say you have that one favorite thing yep
1: I absolutely did like I like literally nothing else else in my life can I tell you I have a favorite one. like it doesn't even matter what it is like, color, I think, is probably my only other one that I have a definitive answer to. Otherwise, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I kind of like this and this and this. And then there's this. But sometimes, I be... no, no, no. What is your favorite movie? It's <laughs> Amelie, 100%. Easy peasy. Oh, you haven't seen it? Come here. Sit down. <laughs> popcorn. Let's go.
2: I can see you doing that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so you can't set that up and not tell us what the color is then? It's red. Red?
1: It's red. My favorite color is red. It's yep. a good color. Yeah.
2: See, whereas I go to green, so opposite oh, see, opposite go. side of this color wheel.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, oh, the stream went down briefly. Well, i hopefully it's back up. I don't know. My internet <laughs> sometimes is a little weird. Right. Um, oh man, this was just a ton of fun. Thank you again for recommending oh, this
1: my movie. Pleasure. I I'm cannot. So glad. I love being able to like I. So it's like first of all, I love being able to introduce this movie to people right like i love being able to be like oh you haven't seen it like you should watch it which like i i I don't always do right like i gotta be pretty sure that you're gonna be on board before i'm like here take this precious little thing of mine and enjoy it um but then also like there's already there's an immediate connection when i find someone else that already loves this movie Mm -hmm. right like if i'm like oh no my favorite movie is amelie and they're like oh my god i love that movie i'm like okay all right so we've got a baseline friendship already. Right, exactly. So There's some shorthand in there. On. You can
2: you can skip over a few parts.
1: I'll bring um, wine, and Here we go. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and I get, I absolutely get where you're coming from. Like, I love showing people a movie and having them enjoy it. That's why yeah. I started doing this show. And it's usually me that gets to do that. I usually am the one that gets to show somebody a movie they've yeah. never seen before. And they're like, yeah, this was a ton of fun. With the exception of Tank Girl.
0: Nobody <laughs> likes that. <laughs>
2: I I still like that movie, but nobody else I showed it to did. Um, yeah. But I just love that it's it's so fun to like show somebody something and and that first time they get to see it and you know like wow you've opened them up to something new. So yeah. it's really cool to be on the other side of that because usually I pick the movie like yep. forty nine episodes now I think I've picked the movie forty seven or forty eight times sure. easily. So. Yeah. To be completely like, no, someone else chose this, and I, I went along with it, and damn it, it was good. Like, that's, <laughs> that's cool. Now I get to know what it feels like, and this is fun. Excellent. I'm going to be doing stuff like this more often now. So yeah. you've helped yeah, to influence the like, show, oh, too.
1: What's something that you, you know, that you haven't seen, but you feel like you probably should have? And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. So, I uh, yeah, when you were like, well, it's okay. It could be something done. Done. I know a movie that I am almost positive you have not seen. Easy pick.
2: And Annalise is saying, Tank Girl, she loved it. It's ridiculous. Yes, uh, it is ridiculous, and that's why I love it. I I described it on the episode we did as uh, it's about an hour and a half-ish of directionless energy. And that's not (laughs) a bad thing. Like, it's just... No. Lori Petty was like, I want to make this, and it was fun. Again, yeah. fun. That's a word that I use a lot on this show, but it's true. Like, a movie should be fun. It doesn't always have to – movies don't have to be – like, art right. doesn't have to be difficult.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, for for our uh, Oscar month, it was – here's the the five movies we did for the for five weeks leading up to the Oscars. So this will give you an idea of – this was a little bit of a rough month theme-wise. Yeah. But it was, it was uh, L.A. Confidential,
0: mm-hmm. Mystic River. Yep.
2: Monster, yep. Training Day,
0: Ooh.
2: and then The King's Speech. So it's like yeah. four downer movies in a row. Mm-hmm. And we, we ended it with The King's Speech, which I hadn't seen before and loved.
0: Yeah. That was
2: phenomenal. But those are f- amazing movies, amazing performances right. in every one of them. But they're tough. They're tough to watch mm-hmm. sometimes. So I, I also love seeing art that's just fun. And art yeah. doesn't have to be high art pulp art and pop art tank girl is definitely pulp i mean and yeah you need that you need to have that so
1: hellboy 2 up there in my top 10 movies that i love like i'll watch that movie comes on like any any like it pops up on streaming and i'm like yep we're gonna watch it golden army let's go i
2: haven't seen i i've seen it a couple of times but i haven't seen that one in a while i've watched the first hellboy more recently
1: yeah Um, the second one uh the second one I prefer, largely because it's just Doug Jones. Um, yeah, be, I was going to say I like think that's part tired. of it
2: like there's a guy who just never like how many people have seen Doug Jones in something and have no idea that it was no him. No
1: idea who he is. No idea, but everyone has seen him.
2: He popped up uh, in a couple of episodes of Arrow and yeah. like I'm the I'm the geek that's going to know who it is. So it's right. like oh, it's Doug Jones without yeah, makeup. No. Like
1: Right. He's yeah, not. When Doug Jones is Doug Jones. And you're like, wait a minute. Hang on.
2: And then you realize he's kind of a weird looking guy. Yep. But oh man, and he's he's one of those people. It's like him and Andy Circus are those actors that you see in so many things. And nine times out of 10, you don't know it's them. Yeah. You know, Andy Circus is going to do the motion capture. Doug Jones is going to be in some elaborate costume that Monster Guillermo Street. del Toro puts him in.
1: Yeah, see, that's another movie. Like, Pan's Labyrinth, I love that movie, but that movie is tough. Oof. Like, if I could cut out all the real-world stuff and just, like, if I could yeah. have the Amy cut, it's just all the fantasy <laughs> sequences cut together and, like, cool, cool, we're there. I yeah. got that. Same with Shape of Water, really. But that's I that's Del Toro,
2: do. though. Like, he's perfect. Right. He's no, I know. so good yeah. at balancing that out. And, like, we're I'm going to show you something that's just awful, like, mm-hmm. horrible, really difficult stuff to watch. But I'm going to balance it out with this wonderful, amazing fantasy stuff where, because that dude's imagination is out yeah, of this world.
1: Yeah. Like and when he's, he, he's always, he's real big on being like, here's my monster movie, but hang on, because there's going to be this dude that's the monster, and my monsters are going to be nice. Yeah. Like every time.
2: Yep. Um, what was, how they, I'm trying to think of what movie it was he did that had the, I want to say it was centered around an orphanage oh uh, it's gonna bother me until i remember it but <laughs> that was one of those that was like that's really really good i don't know if i can watch it again
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
2: so we kind of got off on a little tangent there but hey whatever well, that's what that's, I mean, what that's what we the do same
1: idea right it's yeah. like the fantasy stuff but then like well this had... just like happy all of the time yeah
2: and this movie had some fun little fantasy moments like diving into yeah. her head and like her watching the tv And the stuff that would be on the TV, like talking directly to her, basically. Yeah.
1: It's like she's allowed to ruin her life anyway. She (laughs) sees fit. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, yeah, we are allowed to ruin our lives the way we see fit.
2: Uh, So.
1: That's alone.
2: I mean, normally, you know, I'll say, "Oh, if you haven't seen this movie, go see it." No, go see this movie. Like, don't don't worry about it. If you haven't seen it before, if if you have
1: watch it again right if
2: you have seen it go see it again i'm i I will absolutely watch this movie more times because it's it's just fun it's fun and every once in a while you need something like that you know Mm -hmm. it's like for me when i'm when i'm feeling down a movie that i can always go to and watch that just makes me feel better is the birdcage
1: yes absolutely the
2: day so i was out driving around uh, with my uh, girlfriend at the time the day that we found out about robin williams dying
0: yeah
2: and it was like, oh, all right, well, we're going to go home and watch a Robin Williams movie. And yep. the first thing she said, because one of her favorite movies was What Dreams May Come. I said, no. No. Nope. I was like, not, not a chance. I'm not crying tonight.
0: Yeah.
1: Because
2: I will, I will make it two minutes into that oh, movie yeah. and start bawling. Yeah, like, and that's the
1: end. Yep.
2: We'll watch The Birdcage because I want to laugh. And yes. And I tell you what, I, I quote that movie all the time. It makes me laugh. And this yep. Amelie is that type of movie. Mm-hmm. It's something that I can put on, and it's it's that warm blanket of like I want to be happy.
1: Yeah, and... Phelan's Princess Bride. Yes. Yep, that's another good one. Yep, yes, right. That's in, in that top in five. Yep, easy. Yeah.
2: But that movie has everything. Yes, we covered that uh, a little while back because I found somebody who'd never seen it before.
1: Wow! Yeah. I uh, so I run a I, I manage a tabletop game store, and on Friday afternoons we have like. The younger kids playing magic and one day there was like a whole bunch of them and they're all like 13 14 and i said something about the princess bride and they were all like oh we what we've never seen and i was like all right stop it's down right now we're all i watch you sit down and we're watching this movie
2: <laughs> sit down you're gonna watch they're it you're gonna like to
1: their it. education
2: yes Oh, I heard somewhere somebody talking about remaking that, and I'm like, no, just let no. that let that be no, what it, it is. Go,
1: like, make something else. Like,
2: yeah, I mean, it, it it would be like doing a remake of This Is Spinal Tap. Like, you're not going to recapture <laughs> gonna
0: what that, that was. Yeah. No.
2: The closest I ever saw was uh, when there was a thing going around on Twitter about you know recast a movie with um, all Muppets but leave mm-hmm. like one human character.
1: Yeah. No, I do that. That's fine. Yeah. I'd do Princess Bride. Keep Andre the Giant.
2: That's a good choice. Yeah, I yeah. think I said. I think I actually said Princess Bride, but I think I said keep Billy Crystal. Maybe Billy no. Crystal is a
1: good pick, though. So that's good.
2: Ah, uh, I don't remember. It might have been Andre. It's hard to say. Although Andre the Giant
1: is a good, Andre the Giant with a bunch of Muppets. I can see it.
2: Yeah, I can. But if you were going to do a Muppet for Andre the Giant, it would be Sweetums. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's pretty obvious, though.
1: It just is. <laughs>
2: Well, this That's has been, tangent. this has I been like a it. ton of fun. <laughs> the, I, again, amazing movie. I'm so glad I got to see it. Thank you for coming on and talking about oh, it with my me pleasure. for suggesting the movie. It's been a ton hey. of fun. So I mentioned earlier on Miriam Dufour yes. and, uh, Ake Willow. Now yes. for those of you out there listening that don't know what Ake Willow is, first of all, shame on you. If you, <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter, it's like a full, probably 25% of my tweets are, Hey, go listen to Ake Willow.
1: Oops. Um, True.
2: It's so good. So Yay. tell some people about that. Go ahead.
1: So Equilo is a uh we just finished up season one. Um, and it's a it's essentially a serialized audiobook, um, is what it turns out being in podcast form. So Equilo is the story of Miriam Dufour, a young woman from Montreal, who finds out that she's inherited this bakery from some long distant great grand aunt that she didn't even know she had. Um, I didn't even know that great-grand-aunt was a relationship, and I had to argue about it. But it turns out that that is actually correct. Um, so she goes to this little town that she's never heard of called Aquilo, which is on the border between um, Canada, between Quebec and Vermont. Um, and when I say it's on the border, it is physically on the border. The border runs directly through it. It's this tiny little nowhere town. And uh, so she figures she's going to go in there, she's going to accept her inheritance, she's going to sell the bakery, and she's going to be able to pay off some debts and try and get her life back together, because it is spectacularly falling apart. Um, And when she finds out that things are weird there, um, there's a cult of cloud worshippers and some strange murders happening, and so she gets sucked in pretty quick into this tiny town of Aquilo.
2: Yes, and it is a it is delightful podcast. Let's see. It's what, 13 chapters? 15. 15. 15, 15 chapters.
1: episodes and a holiday special. Yes.
2: Uh, it's amazingly well done. Uh, J.F. Dubow writes it. Um, yes. And, and Amy here does the the whole thing. And it's just oh, it's so great. I was hooked from the first episode. I'm and so it was loved. one of those. It was like, that was my Saturday morning. I'm going to take the dog out for a walk. I've, I'm going to have mm-hmm. to be out for at least a half an hour because I got to listen. <laughs> And I just love it, and I'm I'm eagerly anticipating season two. So
1: season two. So now that we've now that we've got season one done, like and under our belts, and we sort of understand how this whole thing works, because this is all new mm-hmm. for both of us. I mean, I have the advantage of, um, like this is written for me, which is nice. Um, yeah, that definitely and so helps. So now, now that the it's been this cool thing all season where. I will read things and like the way I read it colors how JF writes the next parts of it, because I sort of pick up on things that he didn't necessarily intend um, or in ways that he didn't necessarily intend. And so that has colored everything that's come after it. So now we have this definitely like better stand and Aquilo as a whole and sort of some of the characters that she talks to, um, you know, the most. And so, We've we've got we've got uh season two basically um basically planned out. Um I'll probably make him mad if I say this, but uh April's uh do we decide April yeah. I think we decided April is going to be the start of season two.
2: Ooh. Yeah And you had put something on Twitter recently about finding your voice with Miriam. Yes. And that's such a great way to put that because as somebody who does, you know, a podcast and does like audio production uh even ancillary like to hear the the evolution from chapter 1 on yep. through the entirety of season 1 you like I could hear the differences as you got going along as you became com- more comfortable with who Miriam was and yep. the other characters and you started I started to hear the very subtle differences in the voices when you would talk as someone else versus Miriam yeah versus Miriam in her own head a
1: lot easier for easier for me than Mm -hmm. other like the Inquisitors have very specific voices and they're very but like even I hear it because I like I've I mean I've been a podcaster for I think it's oh six years now and I do all of my production work so I've gotten sort of immune to hearing my own voice but going back because like, every now and then I'll I'll have a character that hasn't spoken in a few episodes and I'll be like oh I have no idea what they sound like I guess I better go listen to what I did last time because mm-hmm. I, I don't know what they sound like and I'll listen I'll be like oh man like this was not that long ago
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I tell you now. voice acting is fascinating to me and it, it's so it's such a thing that like I have wanted to do more of
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: and I'm always fascinated by it so it's really it was really fun for me as a listener to hear that evolution during the season and the evolution of the writing and the way that J.F.'s stuff and his prose and, and how every like the whole production, how it evolved over this this first season was so great. So yeah, Thank I know you. we've got a chat room full of fans right now with we uh, do Spartacus, Spartacus, Audie. So, uh,
1: well, his favorite characters, Miriam, his favorite character to have mentioned is Helen Edna, notary public. Yes. Yes. That's one of my favorites, too. Like, every now and then there'll be, like, a Helen. Like, it'll just say Helen. And I'm like, oh, but it's not the whole thing.
2: It's like a tribe called Quest. You say the whole thing.
1: Yeah, you have to get there.
2: Uh, So that's great. Do you have any other uh, projects that you're working on?
1: I have a bunch that are sort of in the hopper right now. (laughs) Um, I have a show called Delectable that's going to be going on the Frog Pants Network. That's going to be sort of a year-long look at food food but it's going to be food in relation to like how to like how we relate to food so it's going to be like very personal stories about like like this is my favorite food or like my my grandmother always used to cook this and or you know I'm from here and this is what we eat because and so it's going to be a very like personal and cultural look at foods. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I was having I've a-, got a couple other yeah, I was yeah, having a conversation
2: large. with somebody recently about we were talking about breakfast cereal, and yeah. like for me, the breakfast cereal that I always go to as my favorite, and th- this is something I can say I have a definitive favorite of, is uh, Cracklin Oat Bran,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which I mean is a weird one because it's such a hard cereal to find anymore. But it, what yeah. it what it reminds me of is being six or seven years old at my grandmother's house because she always had it. And mm-hmm. I always ate it out of, like, the Corel dish, the Corel bowls. So that sound of cereal yep, getting poured yep. in it, like, all of that stuff, it just immediately takes me back to being at my grandma's house. So I love the idea of a show so centered weird. around stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so, like, I have, there's going to be a few special episodes, too. So, like, the holidays, there'll probably be a couple special episodes of people talking about their holiday foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's going to be, like, a few episodes of sort of these sort of universal foods. Like, every, every culture has, like, a fried dough. Right. Yeah. Whether it's mm-hmm. Portuguese malasadas or donuts or, you know, like churros, like everybody has a fry. So like we're going to sort of explore all of these different, um you know, these these different universals, too.
2: Very cool. Well, I'm looking yeah. forward to that one now, too. Now I've got another show I get to put into my rotation. Well, Amy, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, thank wonderful. you. Thank you. Um, Thank you for coming on. Uh, Definitely, you are welcome back anytime. Uh, Next time, we'll find a movie you haven't seen. Yes. And we'll do that. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, uh, Ake Willow Season 1. Check it out and get ready for Season 2. I know I am. Um, And Delectables as well. Uh, That's very cool. So, well, this has been a ton of fun. And um, we, so, I record this show uh, Sunday nights, 8 p.m. on twitch.tv forward slash Travis um and we do weekly uh next week is i'm going to be doing uh close encounters of the third kind um with uh reed messerschmidt who was one of my fellow contestants on season two of america's next top podcaster which bearing the lead you won season one
1: i did I so did. I did uh, and close encounters is my father's favorite movie oh
2: it's a good 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 it movie. Good one. um I got a couple other good ones coming up, some stuff that I haven't seen before. Uh Baby Driver is one of those. Um we're going to do a little Judge Dredd back to back two weeks in a row because uh, nice. I love I, I love Dredd and I enjoy Judge Dredd. <laughs> it's definitely a uh 90s Stallone movie. But we're going to do both of those, so that'll be fun. Um, But yeah, we record every Sunday night. Uh, I put new episodes out into the podcast feed on Wednesdays. If you listen to the show and you do enjoy it, um, if you can get on to places like uh, Apple Podcasts or something and give us a review, that helps us a ton uh, to just get better known because I picked a terrible name for search engine optimization. So it's hard Mm -hmm. to find it. Uh, The easiest way to find the show is actually just to go to my website, which is tvstravis.com. And I, ha- I post all the shows there, and I have this big subscribe button. Um, you can never miss an episode. So, uh, you know, we've got some good stuff up, coming up on a year of doing the show, um, which is crazy to think about. Like, it feels like I haven't been doing it that long, and then I realize, no, I'm almost a year now. <laughs> Where the mm-hmm. time went, I don't know. But uh,
1: The days, the months, oh, the years pass.
2: Definitely. But until next week, which is, again, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Uh, around that's the wrong button (laughs) I love when I do that pay attention to your soundboard I'm a professional okay Um, we like to say to enjoy your movies and I like to say be excellent to each other this has been Wait You Haven't Seen